Hello and welcome to Toonami Preflight. Today we are going to be talking about... Do you want to do the voice? I don't know what voice you mean. You've been, every time we've said Pat Labor all day, you oh, read it oh, as Peter Pat Labor. Um, we're going to be talking <clears throat> Pat Labor number 66 on Paste Magazine's Top 100 Anime Movies of All Time. Our recurring theme throughout this year and beyond. Uh, and as such, we're going to talk some of our favorite cop movies and also look at some of yours. And uh, good news for all involved. Dana Swanson, voice of Sarah, was finally able to get a Nintendo Switch after much deliberation. So she, um, we are going to take a look I at... I'm glad I can stop worrying about that. I think she called Switchless was the first one. So perhaps this is going to be called Switchful. Switched or Switched. Switched. I like Switched. Switched on. Um, Dana, no doubt, will name it neither of those things mm. because it's yeah. really up to her what she wants to call it. But we shall see. <clears throat> uh, and we got some sneak peeks of ongoing... Elements. It's been a little bit since we had a regular Toonami pre-flight episode after our exciting and eventful Momocon panel last yes. Memorial Day weekend. Always great to see the fans on the ground. Indeed. If you came out, thank you. If not, then thanks for nothing. Thanks for not showing up. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed our stream, and hopefully when everything went well. We didn't hear any bad news, so <laughs> everything... Right on time. Uh, but let's talk some Pat Labor, the movie... More specifically, the first movie, most specifically. So Pat Labor is a portmanteau. Indeed. Which is, what's the first part? Portmanteau is a combination of two words. No, the first part of Pat in Pat Labor. Oh, patrol. Patrol labor robots. So So the labor robots are like the normal construction ones, and then Pat Labor is the 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 cop version. So basically, Pat Labor came out in 1989. Um... And uh, it was directed by Mamoru Oshii. Um, Friend of the show. He considers it a turning point for his career. Um, And it was sort of the the first big, really successful thing he was directly involved with. He and a couple other guys came up with the story. And it was a huge hit and spun out of... You know, out of this movie, they spun several other movies, OVAs, several different TV series, prequels, sequels, uh, books, manga. So it like turned into a whole you cottage know, industry. Yeah, of Pat Labor. <clears throat> um, and Oshi did a couple of the Pat Labors, and he sort of has remained close to Pat Labor. I think he looks at it fondly. So. Pat Labor is sort of, it takes place in the distant future of 1999. Of yeah. So it came out in 80, 89. And they, they, they posited a future where in 10 in, years, yeah. everyone's using humanoid robots. So basically... We were so close. The, the oceans have risen. So, so Pat Labor distinguishes itself from other giant robot shows because similar to Gundam, it's very much hard sci-fi. It's not about the robots flying in the air and big extended robot battles, although the, the robots do fight. But it's much more a look at the boots on the ground, just average Joe cops and construction workers who use this heavy yeah. equipment. And it's very, very much a hard sci-fi story where everything is sort of plausible. Yeah, you know? the laborers had the laborers had a big breakthrough to make construction of all sorts of things possible that were totally yeah. impossible before their creation and then some real dicks started breaking the law so, <laughs> so that's they, when the pat laborers so this is a, in this board. future of tokyo that this the sea levels have risen to the point where 
they have to they're sort of re-terraforming tokyo they're destroying old suburbs and they're creating like these artificial islands and then they're going to drain tokyo bay and they're going to create more housing in tokyo bay because basically they they're they've run out of space um on tokyo itself which is all of that is pretty plausible yeah that doesn't seem like such a distant future from 1989 no um so the laborers are key like half of all the laborers in japan are involved in this massive construction project building these artificial islands and creating uh, a dike that they're going to then use to drain tokyo bay and rebuild stuff and so these laborers are now such a facet of everyday life that now people are committing crimes with laborers. It's like a new thing. So there is a relatively new, pretty green police force whose job is to just deal with labor related crime. And they have their own police pat laborers. Um, like and so special our, vehicle section two. Yeah. Section two is who the movie focuses on. Who's like the more Bush league, like section two. At one point they even go to save a guy and then he's like, hold on. It's the police. And he's like, what section? He's like section two. And the guy's like, oh man. Like, so section two are like the police Academy rookies. Yeah. Section one is off training. There's yeah. been an OS update, which spoiler alert, yeah. much like real OS fucks everything up. <clears throat> and, uh, they yeah. didn't really, Go through now. Nobody's labor turns on right, and you can't get your calendar set. <laughs> so the key point of the story is that um, there's been this massive uh, OS update to to the to the software of all the labors, and now post update, the labors are going berserk and attacking things and destroying things and not listening to their pilots. <clears throat> so the this team of cops, a couple particular you know members of Unit Two, basically decide they're going to figure out what's causing this. And they come to find out that there was a sort of hacker kid who killed himself. But before he did, he uploaded this virus to all these laborers and it's going to go live at a certain point. So they basically, then it becomes a, a race against time to it. It's, it's so it's a cool science fiction idea. Like basically when a certain resonance frequency sound when the laborers hear a certain frequency, it will cause this virus to activate, and then they'll go bananas. So it's like the wind going through, right. you know, buildings and stuff. <clears throat> so the main labor base is called the Ark, and it's literally just a stack of landing pads, basically. And there's a typhoon coming, and when the typhoon hits the Ark, it's going to create this massive you know, resonant frequency that all the laborers will be able to hear. And that all the laborers in Japan are all at the same time going to go berserk and destroy everything. And they, they talk about, well, we've got laborers working in nuclear, you know, right. silos and yeah. <clears throat> so they have to avert this huge disaster. So then it becomes these guys trying to basically fight their way through the laborers that are already starting to go bananas in their base. And so that they can literally dismantle their base so it can't make the frequency, and then they can do an update and f- patch. <laughs> yeah, cost one point zero. It's sort of it's sort of like when you accidentally update your Mac, and like right when the update comes out, you didn't do the thing where you wait and make sure that it didn't screw everyone up, and then it screws up your stuff. And your Pro Tools can't link. To you anything. have to go back and wipe your drive and start over. It's sort of that, but just human lives are at stake. So. um Let's check out the trailer. I think the only trailer I could find is 
Dutch. I'm not sure if it's Dutch or Japanese, but here's a trailer for Pat Labor that shows you what it looks like. Vor drei Tagen hat ein Leber-Prototyp des Verteidigungsbataillons während eines normalen Windkanaltests plötzlich verrückt gespielt. Sie werden sich der Versicherung des Herstellers anschließen, dass ein moderner Labor nicht wegen eines Systemfehlers Amok laufen kann. Denn für Regierung und Großindustrie steht zu viel auf dem Spiel. In Film. That's the best looking trailer that's up there. You can you can find the movie on Blu-ray um, pretty easily, but it's not streaming anywhere legally, and it's not downloadable anywhere legally, and there's no trailers or anything because it's an old anime, yeah. so no one it cares. Was I guess re-released by Made in Japan, not the <clears throat> Iron Maiden song Made in Japan, <laughs> but the actual production. Um, but it looks beautiful. It looked great then. It definitely looks like movie quality animation. Yeah. And the designs are totally awesome of the Pat Labors. The trailer made it look way more action-packed than it is. It's much it's more... It's more of a crime procedural. Yeah, and, totally. The, like, it's an hour and a half movie, and a good hour 15 of that math. is just them, like, literally solving the yeah. mystery of Asuma Shinohara, the son of the guy who runs all the Labor production, or the main company, it's him, like... It's a lot of like out. war games technology where it's yeah. like we got a network and it's like plug two things yeah. in and it's it's funny to see the the computer technology having. But in changed. many ways they were, I mean, they were like basically ahead of their time. Yeah, they were there. saying we can't process this fast enough. Right. We got to hook up to a network, like things that we actually do now. Right. So in some ways it was talking about stuff that seems super futuristic then and is now just like maybe we're closer to the maybe. labor technology than we thought. <clears throat> um maybe another 10 years. Well they are working on robots that like the aliens robot that yeah. can loaders, you know. Because robots are strong and their hands are made of metal. <laughs> um but it's got a really cool it's not, you know, even the, it it is a, it is it gets serious sort of towards the end when it's like the race against time. But the rest of the movie is like the whole team are kind of goofballs. There's a lot of comedy of yeah. like in the beginning it's definitely them as sort of like the police academy fuck ups yeah. in <clears throat> figuring out how to actually do their jobs. Yeah, and then it they slowly start getting more serious as the stakes turn out to be more than they thought um so you can see why it became you know such a big hit it's probably oshi's most accessible movie i mean that and ghost in the shell yeah <clears throat> it it does deal with a lot of the stuff he's always thinking about it has a lot of christian like analogies and it does deal with some of the man versus technology stuff that's always been sort of central to his work so it feels like an oshi movie but it much more accessible than and despite the fact that there's Sandwell and me, for instance, <laughs> there's a movie timeline and a separate like TV series yeah. timeline, and there's three movies and an OVA prequel to that and an OVA sequel to the series. You don't really need to have seen any of the uh, like they're all sort of because yeah. it's kind of a Law and Order with yeah, I mean X, it's just like, so it's like there's going to be a team, there's going to be some yeah. crimes, and there's going to be robots. Really, what's what's not to love? Nothing. So here's Absolutely a here's nothing. a scene from the towards the end of the movie where they are going back into their base, the Ark, and all the laborers are starting to wake up because of this typhoon that's approaching. And they have to fight their way through the laborers to get to a place in the in the Ark where they can sort of, you know, activate it. Yeah, they're jettisoning, apart. The, yeah, jettisoning the, the different, levels. different levels. So here's a scene so you can get a feel for what the movie feels like. Listen up. 
The guard robots aren't much as long as you keep them away, but there are a lot of them. Keep combat to a minimum. Our objective is securing the control room. Ota, you take point. Noah, cover our rear. Get ready to storm right through the place. Charge! So, I mean, you can see cool design, really great movement. The characters are good. <clears throat> I can tell you, I mean, like, it makes sense to me. It's a classic. Yeah. I don't really have much to add in terms of critique because it's I love robots so for me and cop stories cop procedurals yeah um and you I I watched the the sub when I rewatched it for for this but you watched the dub and the dub's pretty good yeah it's not bad I mean considering <clears throat> that it's an old dub yeah yeah Pat Labor has been on on DVD a couple times remastered and stuff I was actually surprised it wasn't I think they used to be on Hulu until Hulu pulled them because I remember the the OVAs the OVAs were on yeah like some of it was on Hulu so I I think it recently got pulled Um, but so it'll probably show up somewhere soon enough streaming but if you haven't seen it because it's old you're doing yourself a disservice check it out indeed it's worth watching Um, even if you don't love robots it's a good cop procedural um, but that leads us, of course, into our subject of the day, which is, what's your favorite cop movie? Butthorn. <clears throat> Butthorn. Um, that's a callback for old school pre-flight fans, all 12 of you. Um, so I'm, I, I decided to start with one really obvious one and then kind of have a couple more sillier takes um, for mine. So I'll just start, um, and I'm going to start with a real obvious one, and that is Michael Mann's 1995 classic, Heat. Awesome. Um, this is how I imagine us leaving work every day. Are you Val Kilmer or Robert De Niro? Come on now. Val Kilmer. Yeah. I got the weird mm. elbow thing. <laughs> you do? You have a weird elbow. Um, <clears throat> I don't. Fuck you. You have a weird elbow. <laughs> um so he Michael Mann did Heat. Actually, Heat is a remake of a TV movie he made in the 80s um, about this same story. But basically, this is all inspired by that huge L.A. shootout that happened in the 80s, the bank heist with automatic weapons and people just shooting each other in the middle of the street. Um, and he decided he wanted to tell a story that was sort of explored the the cop-criminal dichotomy equally and spend time with each half of two sides of a coin, um, which is like obviously an old cliche, but I think this movie does that probably better than any movie. And part of the reason is because he cast Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, so it's like it's kind of hard to... Yeah, at their... <laughs> just before they dove into just the Just before cheese, they both started cheese sucking, pit. yeah. Like, right before Adam Sandler movies and Ben Stiller movies and big fat paychecks for for just being a ham came yeah. rolling in. Right at the end of when they were like, ah, I'm done, I'm this, tired. My knee kind of hurts. Can yeah. I just sit Can here I and I be just, a grandpa? Exactly. Can I just make jokes? It's real easy. Um, so, Heat is a three-hour sprawling opus about a crew of criminals and a crew of cops who are supposed to be taking them down. And it kind of ping-pongs between these crews as they get closer and closer to intersecting. Um, It's very 90s, but not in a bad way. Like It it definitely feels like a 90s movie, but not in a super corny way. Um, It's shot beautifully. It just came out in a 4K... Uh, digital restoration looks awesome. 
there's a whole bunch of new material on it. So actually, good time to go check out Heat if you haven't seen it. It also has a really good soundtrack. Um, they use some pretty amazing ambient music from Moby, who I don't like, but in, <laughs> he did a really good job with this movie. Um, so there's a whole bunch of classic scenes in the movie Heat, but I think the one most people would remember is, besides the bank heist, is the shootout following the bank heist. So where this is in the movie, I'm going to show you the clip of the shootout. This is basically... They know they should. They know they're being watched by the cops, and they know they shouldn't do this score. And Robert De Niro's character has gone through the whole movie being super careful about what scores he takes, and he wants not having attachments and being able to. Right. Walk but he away. fell in love like an asshole. So now he wants one last big score, and then he wants to get out clean. And this is hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. And if he can pull this off, he gets to leave. He's got a flight, and he's going to go leave with his with his girlfriend that he's in love with. So they are doing this thing that they never do, which is a daylight robbery, totally just a, a cowboy smash type and thing. grab. Yeah, and. The cops led by Al Pacino, they know these guys are there. So this is basically when, right when they walk out of the bank, Al Pacino's guys are waiting for them. And then there's a huge shootout. So this is part of that. But just look at the way this shootout is directed. And it's, and I mean, the way it's shot, that sound design, like it's just master filmmaking. Check it out. Awesome. Could watch that all day. That was um, the first DVD I bought back in the day when I got really? my home theater first set up. <laughs> it's a good one. that shit loud as hell. And that was back in the day, kids, when they used squibs and blanks, and now they just use CGI for every gunfight for the flashes yeah. and everything. And it, you can just totally tell that they're yeah, that not just firing. Yeah, that just sounds like a war zone. Well, that they're not yeah. firing real guns, you know? Yeah, and they used really loud blanks apparently just because the sounds they wanted it to just be deafening um so heat a great cop movie if you um have any interest in in michael mann or cop movies you should check it out see what robert de niro was like before he sucked um and then next up is one of my favorite cop movies probably not yours but that's okay because it's my list and that is of course the 1988 classic B-movie maniac cop. <laughs> uh, so this is a horror movie um, from Tom Holland, who's done... He did the, the, a bunch of horror movies, but he wrote this movie. Um, and it stars this guy, Richard Dazar, I think his name is, and he is a crazy... He's cherub, cherubism. So his face... He's a huge, huge dude, but his face is sort of naturally deformed and he looks it's like a baby face and it just makes him look so creepy and they wisely cast him as the maniac cop so this is just an 80s slasher basically there's no real reason given why the maniac cop which came is the back best to part life. of the movie that it's just <laughs> yeah. like he's a yeah. cop who is he's a bad cop who was killed in prison and he comes back to life and just is murdering people um, and there's no reason I don't think give, that I can remember, given that he comes back to life. But he's Im- he's unstoppable. Um, so 
This is, I believe, the trailer for Maniac Cop, which, if you haven't seen it, I love all three Maniac Cop movies. Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 2, and, and Maniac Cop 3, Code of Silence. Um, but this guy was the Maniac Cop in all three movies. Uh, Bruce... Um, Ash from Evil Dead. What's his name? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell also was in this movie. Uh, also, Tom Atkins, who's been in a ton of... He was in Halloween 3. He's in The Fog. He's in a ton of like B-horror movies. So, a really great... Lethal 80- Weapon as um, Huntsacker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a, it, it's a really great 80s slasher horror, if you like that kind of thing. So, check out the trailer. It gives you a nice, cheesy idea of its goodness. Reason cannot stop him. Bullets cannot kill him. This is one maniac you'll have to face alone or die. The choice is yours. You can fight him. Remain silent forever. Starring Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. Maniac Cop. Larry Cohen, that's who did it. Richard Roundtree. (laughs) Like, yeah, Richard Roundtree's in it too, Shaft. But I like remain silent forever. (laughs) But over the course of the movie, he gets shot, stabbed, hit with an axe, he gets blown up, and then over the other movies, even more stuff happens to him. But he's sort of like Jason, he just keeps coming back. But the good news is they're going to remake Maniac Cop. Um, And I heard that. Nicholas Winding Refn was looking at remaking it, um, who did Drive and Neon Demon and other great movies. So uh, I really would love to see Maniac Cop by him. Um, So I hope that happens. So another one of my favorite cop movies. And then uh, my... Hand in Glove from Maniac Cop. Yeah. And then my third favorite cop movie is something that I always watch whenever it's on TV. And that is the 90s classic Kindergarten Cop Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Kindergarten Cop has filled with so many classic stupid lines. It's one of the dumbest movies ever, but uh, an, an enjoyable, well put together movie. Yeah, put us showed Ar- Arnie's soft side. This was at the height of him being an action star, so it was a big left turn for him to start doing comedies. He did this in Twins and sort of started. Also, a great movie. Um, and. <laughs> Kindergarten cop's plot is this badass cop has to go to this little town on the West Coast and pose as a kindergarten teacher to find um, this bad guy whose son and ex-wife live in this town. And the the son goes to the school and the ex-wife is a teacher there. So he poses as a kindergarten teacher. um, But he goes there with his partner who was a teacher. And initially the idea is that his partner is going to do it and then... She gets really deathly ill the day of the interview, so he has to, even though he's never done anything like this, and he's this macho guy. And all kinds of comedy and fun ensue, and kid hijinks, and just a great movie. Um, But one other reason I like this movie is because Arnold has so many stupid lines like it's not a tumor like all those Arnold lines are from this movie. And in the early 2000s, there was sort of a rash of people building you could build soundboards with arnold quotes and people made all these prank call cds and now they just upload it's all on youtube and stuff but back then it was like a cd like a bootleg cd and there are people who would prank call people and just use arnold sound bites to answer the person back some of the funniest prank calls i've ever heard so this is one that uses a lot of kindergarten cop quotes uh and it's (laughs) It's pretty great. So this is some smart-ass 
prank calling somebody using kindergarten cop quotes. I thought this would be more fun than a kindergarten cop trailer. So let's check this out. Thanks for calling Hooters San Jose. This is Kay. How can I help you? How are you? Good. First, I would like to just get to know you. Get to know me? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. No. You son of a bitch. What? Stop whining. Stop whining? Yeah. I'm not whining. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm someone that works at this restaurant. <laughs> you lack discipline. What? You lack discipline. Do I like discipline? Yes. You need to call a different line. This is Hooters. You don't call here talking like that, all right? Bye. This, this is Hooters. Is Hooters. You don't this is Hooters. You don't call your talking like that, all right? <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like listening to. I just I can't. He has such a distinctive accent that I can't imagine. Especially now, it would be more likely because he hasn't been in a lot of popular movies. So, like, you call someone now, maybe, but like in the two thousands, the early two thousands, you're calling people and they hear that voice on the phone, and you can't tell someone is. Obviously, making a if not using his soundboard, but like yeah. his accent's pretty distinct. You know what I mean? Um, That's just the genius of the comedy. I think. I know, but uh, anyway, so Kindergarten Cop, another one of my favorite cop movies because it led to things like that. So, Gil, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, first for me is Edgar Wright's 2007 Hot Fuzz, which he and Simon Pegg made after Shaun of the Dead, and they. Because Shaun of the Dead was such a huge success and nobody really thought it was going to be, they, their next movie, they just were like, do whatever the fuck you want. And this is what it was. So this is probably my favorite of their movies, I would say. Um, and it's they are definitely giving homages to both good and bad cop movies within the movie. Um, so that speaks to the nerd inside of me. But it's also just a really funny movie in its own right. Um the idea is that Simon Pegg is a really great police officer in London, and he's so good that they send him out to the suburbs um, to a quaint little village because he's making the rest of the police force look bad. And then this quaint little town turns out to have some fairly naughty secrets. Nice. Um, so the scene, this scene that we're about to watch is him being shipped off after he is, uh, has kicked a lot of ass early going in the movie. So let's check this out. Kenneth? Hello, Nicholas. How's it happen? Still a bit stiff. Chief Inspector. Keep your seat. Now, I know what you're going to say, but the fact is, you've been making us all look bad. I'm sorry, sir? Of course, we all appreciate your efforts, but you've been rather letting the side down. It's all about being a team player, Nicholas. You can't be the Sheriff of London. If we let you carry on running around town, you'll continue to be exceptional, and we can't have that. You'll put us all out of a job. With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. Well, however you spin this, there's one thing you haven't taken into account. And that's what the team is going to make of this. <laughs> they all want him out of there, too. <laughs> so it doesn't show the action, which is uh, early on, Edgar Wright, you sort of see where he's building from there. But this is a really... Well-directed, well-made, funny movie, and a good police yeah. film. It's a great movie, yeah. Uh, next for me is a little less funny, uh, and that is Don Siegel's 70s Dirty Harry. Still, uh, still kind of funny, though. But there are some funny lines. I said a little less funny. Yeah. Um, 
This is Clint Eastwood. Clint's going to blow your head off he's right there. Clean off. Do it, Clint. He's Do gonna it. Blow it. I think he's pointing at you. No. I, I think no, he's going to come around. He's pointing right at your head. Should I get? I no. You, no, you keep it right there. Yeah, there and you go. There just you go. Just, just turn it this way. And, then, and just like that. Okay. Just keep it right there. All right. Three, three, two, one. Boom. Okay. Um, so if you're, this is kind of a Zodiac Killer inspired, I guess not more than kind, kind of, of, not kind of. Zodiac Killer rip What is movie. it called? Scorpio? Scorpio. Yeah, it, it is the Zodiac, and it's in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco, and there's he's, a killer who's he's sniping people. Cop, right? Uh, he he was based on a, a real a real case, but his character was yeah. based on Mark Ruffalo, right, yeah, yeah. The, the real cop who I can't remember what his name was. But then they had so when this movie was first getting made, they wrote a bunch of scripts. Terrence Malick wrote one, <laughs> Terrence and, and Eastwood really liked the script, and they were gonna make it. He was producing, and they were gonna make it with. Um, I can't remember now who was going to direct it, but they were like, that ah, seems a little bit harsh. So then they made Magnum Force was that script <laughs> that they ended up doing later on. Yeah. But so this is, there's a killer Scorpio on the loose who is a sniper and is shooting people and then demanding ransoms to not shoot more people. Um, and Harry, Detective Harry Callahan, Dirty Harry. Not Detective John Kimball. Not Detective John okay. Kimball. Um, is, He's a cop, you idiot. Is tasked with a new partner, um, which is Chico, played by Rennie Centauri, young Rennie Centauri. Um, Chico and the Man. Yeah, not Chico and the Man. Uh, a different 70s gotcha. crime. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, let's just watch the scene that everybody knows. But is misquoted because he's actually asking a question of the person. And the way people remember this quote wouldn't make any sense. So let's check it out. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, I love that so, movie because yeah. it's just what if a cop was a psycho? Was a total bananas, but still a hero. Yeah. But still your hero, the psycho. Yeah, does just enough to still fix, <laughs> ultimately fix the case, but not the most conventional methods, uh, <laughs> and not the most politically correct uh, for our current times. Yeah. Uh, Last for me is not, I guess, strictly a cop movie seeing that it's more of an FBI investigation, but um, for the purposes it's of... It's like heat. It's both sides. It's nuanced. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's the FBI, not technically cops. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it's still... It's law enforcement, which is, if you really break it down to its bare bones, is still enforcing the law as a cop. Uh, and Man. that is Catherine Bigelow's 1991 masterpiece, Point Break. Um Gil just can't get enough of Point Break. I really do like it a lot. It's really changed his life. Um, should I bother with the plot, or should we just... Point Break? I mean... So these are the ex-presidents. <laughs> they are very effective bank robbers and have thwarted and law enforcement in life. up until now. <laughs> yeah, they were also highly sexy. Ah, Jimmy Carter didn't really... Yeah, there are other, the others for sure. Yeah. Um, successfully thwarting law enforcement's best efforts at stopping them. Uh, until one Johnny Utah, played by the great Keanu Reeves, uh, infiltrates 
their gang. Um, and then lots of stuff happens. And this clip we're going to see is very famous and uh, heartbreaking scene where Utah comes face to face with his own uh, mortality and has to make the question that everybody has to answer at some point in their life. Do I shoot this guy or not? Uh, oh, so a scene referenced in Hot Fuzz yeah. multiple times. Um, so let's check out uh, Point Break. Johnny just fired a bunch of bullets that are going to come down and hit things and yeah. people. I don't. I think that's a myth. It's not a myth at all. I think all. it's a myth. It's not actually a myth. I've shot a lot of times in the air. And I don't think that's I've why the anything. cops tell you not to do that during the 4th of July. Cause I always go outside and shoot off. It comes down and hits people. So don't do it if you... Celebration. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Mm. Or, or fire blanks or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I shoot blanks. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Of course man. you shoot blanks. I don't fire my gun. You're Gil. 4th of July. Gil's been shooting blanks since day one. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not planning on having kids. Or am I? Oh, shit. Uh, hopefully it gets fixed before. Yeah, the, there's well, the version weird... we were watching had some sort of insane motion smoothing. Yeah, it was like the which made soap opera effect. Like, like just, zooming all around. It made it very psychedelic. But if you want to see <laughs> everything before and after that, check out that movie and not the remake. much less entertaining remake. Did remake. you watch the whole remake? Mm-hmm. The whole thing? I mean, in pieces. I couldn't get through five minutes of it. I watched like 20 minutes, and then I watched oh, the man. last 20 minutes, really and then bad. I've sort of stitched it together over time at like <laughs> 10 re- minutes at a time. It's really bad. But yeah, not. It's not. not that it, one is not one of my favorite no, comedies. That one's not 100% pure adrenaline. It's more like 40% yeah, mixed it's, adrenaline. It's like we're going to. I mean, the stunts are cool, but the movie sucks. Yeah. Um, even um, if it is jumping off a mountain when you wear those dumb little flying squirrel costumes, it just doesn't look cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are some of our favorite cop movies. Let's check out Adult Swim Facebook's reader poll favorite cop movies. End of Watch, Watch is a curious choice to be number one. It's a good cop movie, yeah. but it is a. It's more of a. Actually, it's kind of like a horror movie, ultimately. But uh, it's a cool. Cool, it's a cool movie. Just yeah. weird. I didn't know people liked End of Watch that much. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Also of course. Throughout um, Training Day. Bad Boys Two. Um, training Day, which is uh, everyone loves Training Day, not yeah. me. But um, The Departed, which I almost chose yeah. myself. Literally, whatever the category is, I almost choose The Departed every single time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Hot Fuzz. And then also. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, excellent choices. All Nick Frost was supposed to watch a bunch of. Uh, buddy cop movies for in preparation for Hot Fuzz and they said the only one he watched was Bad Boys 2. <laughs> you don't need to watch any other ones. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty great. Um, so let's see the Toonami Facebook picks for your favorite cop movies. Hot Fuzz and its rightful place Indeed. in the Toonami side. Rush yes. Hour, an amusing sure. cop movie. Saw it in the theater. Die Hard, I guess I don't think, I didn't think of it as a cop movie, but I mean, he yeah, is a cop. He's a cop. And, and so it's is, a movie, uh, so I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> and uh, Lethal Weapon, of course. Lethal the, Weapon 3 is my favorite Lethal Weapon movie, but that's just Wait, Lethal Weapon 3 you like better than no, Lethal, I was going to say. Um, What's going on? And, and Bad Boys. Bad Boys, okay. Awesome. I do like Bad Boys 2 more than Bad Boys, just because it's so much yeah. more bananas. They're both crap, but Bad Boys 2 is... Amusing. Yeah, they dial it up to 11. Good old Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of our discussion on cop-related matters. Um, and now let's go and we'll show you some sneak peeks of stuff we have coming up in tomorrow night's Toonami broadcast. First up, we have a topical promo for Dragon Ball Super, 
episode. Do we know what? 20. One? 20. So let's check that Maybe out. Maybe 19. On the next all new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Welcome back, Lord Freezer. Great to see you. What took you so long to restore my life? I won't rest until both of those super simians are vanquished. Maybe first you should use your brilliant talents to strengthen your empire before you. Wouldn't it be wiser to forget about the Saiyans and focus on the rest of the universe? Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11.30. You should have held your tongue. <laughs> Only Toonami. Nice. Awesome. Um, Welcome back, Lord Frieza. <laughs> um, and then we have a topical promo for episode six of season two of Attack on Titan. So let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Attack on Titan, it's time to regroup after the most recent battle and figure out who's still alive. We get some background information on who the armored and colossal titans are, and more importantly, what they really want. Who can be trusted, and who's ready for a fight? Get ready for a new episode of Attack on Titan, Saturday night at 12.30. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And as I predicted with the new season of Attack on Titan, they are not answering any of the no. original questions or mysteries, simply introducing new ones. Which is great. <laughs> well, um, classic forward. anime style. Then we, uh, next up, we will ha- we have a music video that will be premiering at Toonami, hopefully. Um, which we hopefully have the rights. Which we hopefully sure. have the rights to, and that's the artist Nick Hakim, and the song is Roller Skates, so let's... Check out a sneak peek of that, and uh, you can find the whole thing on Toonami tomorrow night.
video. Um, I like cool animation in videos. Some people say it's too trippy, but I don't think so. No. Um, it strikes me. Block. It seems to me that if you're a fan of animation and you see really cool animation, it doesn't matter if it's trippy or whatever. I just don't understand why that scares. Yeah, why the like, people get weirded out about uh, that. Like, ew! Oh, I need, now it's in my thoughts. I like animation, but only if there's narrative. Otherwise, I feel weird. It's really more of a filler music video, and it's yeah. They're looking for more canon. <laughs> Nick Hakeem uh, Cannon. So then, uh, next up is uh, Dana Swanson, voice of Sarah. Uh, she's revisiting her. So previously, she did a, th- uh, a short piece about her quest to get her hands on a Nintendo Switch. Well, spoiler alert, she has gotten Great herself news. a Switch. And so now she's given us a review of her time with the Switch. So let's check out what Dana feels about hands her on Twitch time. Switching. Switch time. Switched. Titch. Twitch. Switch. Did you say tit? I said titched. I didn't mean to say that. Twitched. Twitched. Hello, everybody. It's Dana Swanson with a very special Nintendo Switch update from the nighttime. I'm wearing my special nighttime goggles to protect myself from the night. So let's get back to my Nintendo Switch. I botched my pre-order, and I was lucky enough to get a Nintendo Switch about three or four weeks after it landed. Since then, I've been getting tons of questions from people that are interested. Should I get one of these Nintendo Switches? If you like a console that's super flexible and it's basically the DS upgrade that we've all been waiting for, then yes, yes, you should get one. As long as you approach this thing with the attitude of, it's a handheld that I don't have to ever stop playing, then it's great. If you want something that's a little bit more of a hub that still gets Nintendo titles, then stick with the Wii U for now. How do I get one? It's still scarce. So if you want to sweat out the brick and mortar thing, then iStock Now is your way to go. Just go on the site and it'll tell you stores that are kind of in your area that may have it, and you still should call those stores to make sure it's actually there. If you're lucky enough to sit at your desk during specific hours for a long time, then Zuler is pretty amazing. I was frustrated with it at first, but once I got the hang of it, it granted me a 10-minute window on Amazon with which to purchase a Nintendo Switch, and that was amazing. No sight crashing, no nothing. It was it was pretty golden. Like I think I hit it just right, and I feel lucky. I'm gonna pass my luck on to you. Are the games good? Zelda Breath of the Wild is so immersive on the Switch because you can put all those silent shrooms just like right up in your face and just like smell them. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's only on the Switch right now, and the battle modes are bonkers. I have no idea what mode I'm playing half the time. Like, there's a weird cops and robbers one. I don't know. I played with Caboose, and we could not figure it out. But it was still fun. So also some other titles. ARMS is coming out soon, and Super Mario Odyssey just basking in New Donk City is going to hit around the holidays, so watch out for that. How much am I looking to spend? I'm glad you asked, because I enjoy talking about budgeting. Let's do the numbers. Get yourself some protective glass. I bought the Pro Controller and really dig it, so add to cart. I also like playing it handheld, just don't play it with your neck down too much. Oh, you have to drop some cash on a posture pump. This is expensive. Also, the initial cost does not include games, so throw those in. All right, we're already up to $500, not including taxes or delivery fees or 
whatever you have to pay your grandma to go in the store for you. So let's let's hypothesize this. Super Mario Odyssey comes out around the holidays. Right now, it's about 25 weeks until Black Friday as of this date. So let's set aside about $500 just to get everything you want that we talked about. So $500 divided by 25, that's 20 bucks a week. So maybe like four less lattes or a couple more meals in or maybe just stop having a car. So 20 bucks a week, that's not too bad, right? Unless you also wanna get this plaster pump. Yeah, suck it! Thanks for watching, guys. I'm gonna get back to my Mario karting. Originally, it switchless. Mm. I was oh, saying that was that the original one was switchless. I believe that and this it was. New one is is that I was saying that since I was lucky enough to get a switch, and at the time I was playing, I think Horizon Zero Dawn, that you, Dana could just have my switch, and I'm so glad that she didn't take me up on it because I'm also enjoying. My she didn't. Switch. She she didn't take it. She was tilting at windmills. <laughs> she was like, I no, a larger plan in mind. Um, so and then finally, uh, Adult Swim singles launched this week. Muscle um, tough. Thank you. And the big news, of course, is that this year we are doing 52 straight weeks of singles. So you better get used to seeing us talk about it here because we're going to be doing it for the next 52 episodes. Um, so every week on Wednesday, you can get a new Adult Swim single. Go to adultswim.com slash singles. You can stream it or you, you do it on your phone if you want to. Um, we launched with a song from Zaytoven, the very well-known beatmaker who makes beats for Future and Gucci Mane and amazing rappers like that. Zaytoven with Bankroll Fresh, Young LA, and Twista, and that was our lead single. Stay down cause I'm supposed to do this shit Get the money cause I'm posted Don't love the bitches, I ain't posted Put down on them cause I'm posted Rollin' on them cause I'm posted Then I'm callin' cause I'm posted Get it in cause I'm posted I work cause I'm posted Do this shit cause I'm posted Post to get it, count my bliss uh, so you can check that out right now at adultsum.com slash singles and come back next week and every week for uh, different songs from different artists across all spectrums. We got people like Brian Eno. We got people like Run the Jewels. We got people you never heard of. We got metal. We got noise music, experimental music, electronic music, tons and tons of rap music, of course. So just keep coming back. If you don't like something one week, we'll have something the next week. Everybody's going to find a track this year that they like, even kill. If uh, I've always enjoyed the singles program, is the program if the promo going to be seasonal? Is it going to be summers here, <laughs> here, summers here, finally here? Yes, spring we, is finally here. If the exactly the promo that will run on Adult Swim uh, every week for each of these songs is going to be uh, seasonal. So we'll start with summers finally here, but then it's going to be. Fall, is, Fall finally, is finally here. Winter is finally here. Like and it. then spring is finally here, which I've never gotten to do spring. I've gotten to do everything but spring. And then when summer rolls around again... We don't know. Either we'll keep going and do another year of singles, or we'll take a break for a couple months and start. And, and then again. fall will finally be here. Yeah, I mean, well, no matter what, the seasons will... Well, actually, they, they'll change less and less as the earth slowly heats itself to death. But for now... that should be, Is that the name of the next album? <laughs> <laughs> We're songs, all gonna die. Is finally songs here. to listen to while the earth slowly <laughs> boils us all to death. 
note. Well, on that note, we'll end our broadcast. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Tsunami Preflight. Sorry about that. Thank you. Tsunami every Saturday night from eleven to three thirty.